Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I am Gabe Gonzalez, and today I'm joined by Kimberly Ann Southwick and Zachary Patton Garcia. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And before we get into our discussion, I want to give a little spiel about our newly revamped Patreon. Uh, over at the Patreon, we have tiers that range in price from $1 to $30 a month, uh, all with a bunch of different benefits. All of them have access to our Facebook group, our Discord server, and as you get higher, you can listen to more bonus episodes. We're going to be doing uh, bonus video episodes, bonus audio episodes. I'll have uh, Zoom watch-alongs and Zoom discussions. And uh, any and all support is much appreciated. But so today we are here to talk Angel Season 2's reunion. But before we get into the episode, here's a recap from Ryan Houlihan. Hey there, television viewers. Sink your teeth into the history of Darla and Drusilla, which is basically the opposite of Buffy and Joyce. Okay, so the master made Darla because she was his best girlfriend, and she made Angelus, who later goes by Angel and gets all solely, but before that he becomes her boy toy and the master's primary sub. Then Angelus does some breeding of his own, creating Drusilla, who I'd label as mentally ill, but as a mentally ill person, I don't want to be associated with her, so let's just call her crazy. Also, she's psychic, but not in ways that ever help anyone with anything, especially her. Anyway, her and Darla model a surrogate maternal relationship after becoming best girlies and perhaps sapphic lovers, question mark. Then Drusilla repeats the cycle of abuse in Sire Spike, who immediately has sex with all of these people, presumably. Together they form a polycool called the Whirlwind and sow destruction and queer fashion sense throughout the major events of world history, except for the world wars because they were presumably busy and please don't ask which side they would have been on. Okay, let's move on. They all end up in this town called Sunnydale, which has to have the strangest fluctuations in the housing market in American history. But anyway, it's there that Angel dates Buffy, Darla gets dusted, and Drusilla and Spike's tumultuous on-again, off-again filet adieu finally crumbles, a la Harley Quinn and the Joker, leading Spike on a path of redemption, like Mayor Joker, that totally doesn't matter to this show yet, but I wanted to mention it. But while he's busy, this means that when the law firm Wolfram and Hart pours resources into resurrecting Darla, as a human with a terminal disease, don't worry, it's not COVID, she's free to get drinks with her grandbaby slash sugar baby Drusilla. Drinks being blood, because Drusilla wants to do a reverse Warholian experience and give metaphorical birth to her own vampire grandma. So yeah, if that works out, these two are probably gonna fuck. And that's what you missed on Glee. All right. Um, what everyone think of this episode in general, because it is a favorite of mine from the season. Zach, since it's kind of your first time, but these episodes you remembered, right? Yes, this is like one of the ones I remember. Um, I, I love it. I love it as much as I loved it back in the day when I remember watching it on TNT. Um, <laughs> I think they are just really fun together and they have, have they not been in, they haven't done anything together like in the Buffy verse, have they? Aside from, like, in flashbacks together, yeah. but that's about it. I mean, it. I guess yeah. flashbacks count, though. Like, yeah. that's enough time. Okay. But it's still really cool to see the two of them kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> massacring around the town. Um, <laughs> I I love seeing them as, like, an alternative Buffy-Faith combo, bad girls, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, it's just great. They're really great together. I could have taken another episode of this. Right. I feel like I, this Twitter, this this arc deserved to be longer. Gay, what did you think of the episode? I love Drusilla so much. I love Juliette Landau playing Drusilla, the way she embodies the character, the voice, the affect, like the tone, everything is just like, it's so much fun to watch. Um, I was really looking forward to this because I 
I think because this was part of the Darla arc, it all kind of blended together for me. So being able to look at this episode as like a sort of solitary entity was a lot of fun. I think they're really great moments, really great lines. And I think it's a really crucial turning point for Angel as well. I think it's one of the yeah. first moments we really, I mean, we've seen his past kind of come back and resurface throughout the series. Um, but this is one episode where I think it, it prompts a, a major turn in him that I'm excited to talk about because... Um, I don't know, maybe I have more empathy for his choices this episode than the rest of the crew, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I just think it's a really great episode. It's jam-packed. It sets up a lot for the future and kind of addresses a lot in the past. So it's a, a really perfect uh, kind of connective episode. Uh, Kim? Yeah, I'm just going to echo everything <laughs> that Gabe just said about Drusilla and then everything Gabe and Zach said about the episode, except I maybe remembered parts of it having seen it before, like on my first angel go through maybe than Zach did. But I also want to add, I've watched and been on a lot of, hi everyone, a lot of episodes lately <laughs> of Firefest. So I've gotten to talk about many of the episodes leading up to this. And especially in contrast to some of those, this one is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I love this episode. Um, this was the episode that I was like, okay, I'm definitely still recording for this episode. There's so much that happens. It's so weird because to me, I because I don't know Angel as well, but I remembered this, I still thought in my head it was two separate episodes of like Darla like waking up and her and Drusilla fighting as one episode and then her and Drusilla's murder spree as a different episode. But rewatching, I was like, oh, right, this is the same. All of this happens in the same episode because Kim, as you said, you've been doing a lot of Slayerfest episodes lately, the pacing is so weird, right? Because sometimes it's like just Darla standing around being like mopey, but then this episode, we're doing a lot, right? Yeah, there was actually one point in this episode, hopefully I'll remember it as we go through, but just in case I don't, where I was like, it's going to say to be continued next because like so much had happened <laughs> and then yeah. it didn't and we got some like more resolutions than I would have expected considering how much like good work for the season arcs season arc or arcs, I guess, um, is done on this episode. Yeah. So, okay. So we, we kind of pick up right where we left off. Gunn is bringing Angel into the hotel. They kind of like do a recap of the previous episode, right? I guess that's, that's the dialogue purpose, right? They're right. just kind of like back and forthing our recap. Um, and fine, just like speed through it. Um, I feel like I noticed in, in this like trilogy of episodes, the, do they have a so their angel investigations? Do they have like a, a a name like the Scoobies? Do we have a name for them? No, it's just angel investigations. Uh, that's so lame. Um, <laughs> Los they, angelitos. I get, that's official now. We'll, we'll <laughs> canon it. Um, they yeah, they don't really have a whole lot to do. They have good stuff, but yeah. they they're not super heavy into plot. Um, uh, so right before the trials episode, right? That was was that the episode where she gets her hair good. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to talk about that for a second because she comes <laughs> in and I am not feeling the haircut on Cordelia. She feels like a charmed one. She looks like a charmed one. <laughs> oh, wow. It works for them. It does not work for Cordelia Chase. I do not like it. Gabe, a counterpoint? I, uh, I'm so sorry. Cordelia is constantly reinventing herself. She's ahead of the curve. The charmed one's wish. I'm sorry. Like none of Phoebe's visions were ever as helpful as Cordelia's. 
I stand by it. Like Phoebe was like, I think I saw a man in a suit walking down a street. Let's look for him. Cordelia is like, we are turning around. We're going specifically to this, but she's giving you concrete. Okay. Powers aside though. I do love the Cordelia cut. I think, you know, it's, um, it's giving like girl band, early two thousands girl band for sure. So maybe like not a reference that stood the test of time. It's very dated, but it's like, we like the short crop. We like to see a little reinvention. I don't mind it. I think she looks lovely as always. Um, I do wish you had a little more to do this episode because I love a Cordelia moment, but um, I understand it would have been really crowded if we have seen if we had seen more of the uh, angel investigations, Los Angelitos involved. <laughs> um, I will also say God bless Gunn for carrying all this exposition at the beginning. He's like, <laughs> who's Drusilla and the grandmother? And so the granddaughters, that's like we, he's like trying to make like a Jerry Springer plot out of it. It's like very <laughs> he's like, I'm more weirded out about the fact that the granddaughter brought the grandmother back. And I was like, <laughs> all right, baby, take it to daytime talk TV. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like they're vampires. Like, that shouldn't really be like... <laughs> it's the least freaky shit they're doing, right? right? Like, you're right. fine. No, yeah. But they're running around saying grandmother and mother and uh, all of these different daddy you know so it brings <laughs> it to your mind what yeah. i loved about gun especially in this whole exposition thing is like you can know exactly what has happened and who drusilla is or you cannot and it's still a fun slash good scene to watch yeah. like yes. i had good fun watching gun be like wait who's drusilla like you know yeah. going through it in his head but if you didn't know that stuff then it's informative and for me it's just enjoyable mm. yeah yeah no yeah um and it's like they do that often in shows like this and it's because like in especially back in the day in case you missed the episode and like if people missed an episode there was no way to like catch up before you saw the next one so i feel like buffy and angel they do this a lot where it's like oh they have to talk about the thing before the thing that's come back just in case you didn't know that it was coming back have people who have been watching angel ever even been exposed to drew in the present timeline at this oh, yeah. point question mark i forget mm-hmm. No, this would be the first time. Mm-hmm. This this is also the last time you see Drew in present day. Like she goes to Sunnydale after this arc, and it's the last time you see Drew. You only see her in flashbacks, which always annoys me because me to the Irish yeah. accents. Like I can't. Oh no! <laughs> Please no. <laughs> um, so I do want to. I mean, you mentioned this, Gabe. Like even in opening here, Angel is being. I keep going back and forth with how Angel feels this season because, and I made this unfortunate comparison, I just can't think of a better one that, like, it's Harry Potter 5 where it's, like, yes. he's, like, being really shitty and, like, this, like, hormonal teen. Like, Angel's doing that, but I don't quite know. Angel's always doing that. <laughs> but it's, like, amped up to 100. It's annoying, and it is exactly, like, the unfortunate reference Harry Potter 5. It is exactly what I thought <laughs> because he's the worst in that book. Yeah. And Angel's just kind of being the worst yes but this episode i don't know i i feel like maybe it's a little understandable right but not in this opening moment right like not when he insists on going alone like that's just stupid i will say there was a moment um the first scene after the um credit sequence where angel is drinking a glass of blood very casually because of course and he just leaves it on wesley's desk open so for me red flag number one was that osha violation i was (laughs) deeply concerned um but two i think they do a really good job of um sort of establishing the stakes even if you've never met drew like him sort of realizing what's going on and being like okay this is like too much this is really, really dangerous. I have to do this alone. Uh, I think sets the stakes, but then it is, you know, it sort of leans into like mopey angel who like 
doesn't want to put anyone in danger. So there's like, you know, it's a it's a bit of a double edged sword here. I think it does a good job of raising the stakes, but it is sort of annoying. uh, Well, it's especially annoying when later in the episode, which we'll get to, he comes back and is like, let's go to war. (laughs) Right. Of course, they're all invited. Like, what? (laughs) Grab something sharp. Like, (laughs) all right. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I... Zach, I'm curious how he lands with you. Like, do you hate him in this arc? I, do you- I don't. I don't. Okay. So it's like it's it's usually just it's it's the he's always like this. He's always like this. But yeah. there are times where he does it better than others, and I think this is one of the times that he does it better. It's like he's not really whining or moping. He's not moping. Right. He's just kind of like flat faced, you know, or mm-hmm. like he's he's just. Very, his head is very clearly in another space, hmm. um, mm-hmm. and I prefer seeing that than Angel moping around and all depressed, and people have to take him up to the roof and have a talk with him, and you know all of these different things, and he's whimpering, and I hate that. But so he's, this is fine. This okay, is because okay. I, I yes. was wondering if you would hate him in this, like since no. I know that the moping doesn't doesn't really land with you. I was wondering if yeah. like, it will never be worse than it was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. At least he doesn't mope like he does in that show. I agree with Zach that he's not so bad in this episode and he does seem very flat-faced instead, but then he's still making these bad decisions yeah. that are bad for the team. So even though maybe he makes a little bit more sense to me, he's not as kind or as level-headed as he should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's just me not having trouble with the way that he's being portrayed, but like maybe that's just me just not liking his character the way the character is supposed to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, because like he annoys me, but I do think it's, I, I do think you're right, Zach. There's like a difference between season one angels moping, going up to the roof, and this. Like this is, even though he's pissing me off, it's like enjoyable to watch because it's like, I don't know, right? It is like, it's, I don't know. It's an enjoyable arc. And he's like, he is going through it. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Like the, the Darla of it all, even though there's like some, no matter how much they're telling each other, they didn't love each other. They are clearly like obsessed with each other. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's like, I mean, like just the, the siring alone adds a whole nother level to it. Right. There's like this whole strange, maker makey attachment you know so even without any feelings attached that is still there and that would still have them you know tethered it's just insanely complicated right yeah so we then get uh so yeah angel insists on going alone like you mentioned kim he goes to Lindsay's place where he went last episode with the most unhelpful is this a real estate agent is that who she is yeah i think so because when, when he says do you know where he went and she said moved no shit no shit <laughs> i walked into an empty apartment i assume he moved <laughs> i mean she then gives him a little bit of info right she gives him a lot of info i'm sorry yes. real estate agents in la have a lot of clients there's i mean maybe if you met drusilla you would definitely remember her but she was like <laughs> i can't give you anything but also the weird british cousin and the nursery and his job here's a little bit of like here's a clue for the next scene but it is what well, i'm also like what real estate agent is hanging around a rental at like 9 p.m wearing yeah. curls and a full suit like i just need a little more content what's her story you know what i mean like she's she's not hiring a cleaning crew she's exactly. doing her yeah <laughs> um so Lindsay is a character that annoys me because of his c- constant back and forth i know that that's like on purpose right mm-hmm. but like did he want to save her last episode or was that all a set like i don't like i never fully know i don't think he knows either it's okay That's fair. yeah 
And I just like hate the back and forth. I mean, the same thing with Kate, but we'll get to that later on in this episode. <laughs> but I just don't buy that Drusilla would have ever been like, okay, I'll do this and not be murdering people like every lawyer as she goes along. Mm. No, I think she's having fun. She's having so? fun. Yes. I think she's there playing with her dolly, you know, enjoying. She knows <laughs> that, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, I, I love watching her because things that when she is just standing around, she's having, she's having the time of her life. Mm. <laughs> I just like seeing Drusilla in on the action and the active yeah. like yeah. you know she's there on the for the plot in buffy but she's never like moving the plot forward or part of the like action and i love seeing her like this which kim i'm sure you also do because i know drusilla is one of your favorites oh yeah absolutely like this is like you know we had that episode earlier this season called darla we might as well just title this one drusilla mm-hmm. <laughs> just kills it the whole episode yeah. from like the first moment we see her like through the end yeah, so then we we do cut to Drusilla and we find that she's burying Darla in a greenhouse. I love the way she's like moving her hands over Darla's body and is like, grandmother is very pleased with it. Mm-hmm. I can tell. And Lindsay's like, can she hear you? And Drusilla says, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, I love it's like, you think I'm crazy? You don't know that this is a dead body? What are you <laughs> All of the all of the imagery every time they're in the greenhouse, whether Darla's buried yes. or not, it's it's so good. All yes. of this. Well, yes. it's such a cool spot too because I th- I feel like we associate vampires with like sewers and graveyards, and you know right. later we'll talk about how that's where they look. But there's something so interesting about Drusilla in particular, sort of like taking Darla back to nature and like being obsessed with the stars. There's something about Drusilla that feels like like a sort of old vampirism, like she's just like mm. on a wavelength that no one else is. And there's something about that that feels like, oh, like this is a predator that is part of the natural world and like attuned to the energy around her. Uh, she's such an interesting character. And I think this is a great setting um, to sort of have this this rebirth happen to. It's it's visually yeah. very interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it different, right? Than all the other vampire, mm-hmm. all the other like people coming back from the dead as a vampire that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um and I also just, I mean, like you said, Zach, she's, I just like seeing her have to interact with these lawyers. Like Holland comes in and he's like, it's a family matter. We best leave it that way. And like wants, you know, Lila and Lindsay to go with him and leave. Um, oh my God. And Lila's first line essentially just being like, she's not going to fuck you, Lindsay. Like she's just <laughs> like. <laughs> not, not letting up at all. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> um yeah i i mean zach are you enjoying lila and Lindsay a little bit more now that we're like yeah i mean it? i enjoyed yeah. them i enjoyed them before it's just okay. it, they I, I i remembered that it takes a little bit of time for them to really get to stepping you know yeah yeah um because like the like confident shitty lila is my favorite mm-hmm. <laughs> so also a fun thing that i read the so they leave and drusilla like sings that song to darla's body and I read that it's apparently there are a lot of parallels in this episode between this and the season Buffy season two episode lie to me oh. because the song that Drusilla sings to Darla's body is the song Drusilla sings in lie to me that she said her mother used to sing to her, hmm. which like oh. that's some shit that I love where it's like, it doesn't matter if you know it or not. It's like, yeah, Dar- Drusilla's being weird and singing. Sure. But then, you know, it's like, Oh, that's what her mom sang to her. Now she's like, thinking of grandmother as her mother as like she's the mother 
like rebirthing her. I feel like Drusilla does that a lot though, just in, in um, Juliet's performance as Drusilla. Um, it just, it seems like every sort of motion Drusilla makes or every line that she has kind of calls back to the past in some way, whether mm. even if we haven't even seen it on any of the shows, it just mm. feels like that's a reference that only she knows that she's like, you know, one of her little sayings or one of her something she's remembering at the time or, you know, the stars that has to be, you know, something really yeah from her past, from her. I, I think she carries a lot of her, her human life into her vampire life. And, mm. and I don't yeah. know, it's just, it is a, it's kind of a tragedy that we didn't get more. Yes. Agreed. Exploration of her throughout, you know, both shows. And Julia Landau does some like really good work in this episode. Mm-hmm. Too. Like, it's it's wild to be like, oh yeah, these will be like your last episodes, and it's like she's so good. Why wouldn't you bring her back? And like, I don't know this having just I I just love seeing Drusilla in this role because she never got to do this on Buffy. Well, what do y'all think her life, um, um, Drusilla's life, was like after her exit? Like, what I do you think know. she does? Because <laughs> like, right? I just she's just like chaos. So I imagine like. Until she finds somewhere that she's like, okay, this will do. She's killing everything, right? <laughs> she went back to the UK. She was on Boris Johnson's cabinet for a little bit. <laughs> you know, just really doing the work. Uh, Kim, as a Drusilla super fan. I feel like she's got to be like working for one of the last circuses or something. Because they roam, they go from place to place. So she can like, you know, kill indiscriminately without having to like stick around and get caught or something. Cause she's like insane, but not stupid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's, not, she's not insane. She's just a, a Gabe used the word attuned earlier. She's attuned differently to things. And also like is, is a seer. Like she has psychic powers. True. I feel like there are moments when, when she's weaker, she comes off as more like mentally unstable, but I wouldn't know if she's exact. I wouldn't call her exactly insane. I would just say attuned to different things. It's mm, a nice way to put it. Yeah. I do feel like she could like infiltrate a group of like Southern California moms who are really into crystals as well. Like I feel, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's running some MLMs. Right. She starts an MLM. Yeah. <laughs> she'd, be, she'd be real good at it, T. Yeah. Put her in the Big Little Lies crew. She'd be great. She's a mom now. It'd be great. <laughs> okay, wait. You both just said the same thing. What the fuck is an MLM? Multi-level marketing. What, there we go. Yeah, like a pyramid scheme. Like people um, from high school are like, "Come join my nail polish group and buy only this <laughs> nail polish. That's the best nail polish ever. Don't you want to have the best nail polish ever?" Okay, now you sell nail polish to people. One of those. I've mm. okay. I've only like encountered like two or two of those ever. I think she um, would. Uh, I feel like she'd have a bunch of babies by now, like vampire babies. You know, I think she yeah. made a, a bunch. Of, I think she has a whole new crew. Yeah, like that would make sense. Yeah. This is very off topic, but does she ever appear? I have never interacted at length with the Buffy comics. I do wonder if she appears in those because I know they pick up a lot of characters. I was going to bring that up. So I actually really love what they do with Drusilla in the comics. Yes. Because the Angel and Faith comic is my favorite of any of the Buffy comics they ever put out. It like really made the case for like Angel and Faith could have had their own spinoff together. And, you know, I don't I don't love Angel that much as a character, but him and Faith work so well together that that comic was like the perfect like Buffy adjacent thing where like Buffy characters could pop in and out. Um, but so what they do with Drusilla is like at one point in the Buffy verse in the comics, they like lose magic and then magic comes back. But when they mm-hmm. lose magic, it makes Drusilla lose her powers, which are <gasps> what made her like 
speaking so like poetically and whatever. And she becomes like a crime boss in <sighs> London. Like in London, she has like her own vampire crew and like, yeah. she's like this big crime boss and like very much herself. But when magic comes back, she gets, I think she gets her powers, but she still stays like the boss and like fully coherent. Um, and I like that. I like that. Mm. And they put her in like these like power suit dresses with like flowing hair. Um, and yeah, I just really liked what they did with her. I thought that would be like a cool way to do her. I don't know. Like, yeah, I really, and like having her be like one of the, she's almost like not the main villain in Angel and Faith, but like a vi- villain that's reoccurring or that sometimes they need to go to for help because she's like, has runs the big vampire crime syndicate in London. And I, I like her in that role almost as like Spike was in like seasons four and five of Buffy where it's like, mm. he helps, but also he would kill them if he could. Um, where are we? <laughs> We're going back to the hotel, I think. Oh, right, right, right. And so yeah, when they have the, when, when gun is the only smart one to figure yeah. out that it's not that kind of nursery that they're looking for. They're just, they, they, you know, they play that riddle game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually had to look up classes cause I was like, I don't understand how that applies to this. Cause I thought it was more like, I thought classist meant you were someone who is like, I don't know how to, so like that, the classics, classicist. Right. It's like when you're, right. when you're a traditionalist. Yes. I had to look that up because I was like, isn't this someone who either studies or is a snob about like poor people, but it's the, no, you're thinking of classist, but classicist is someone who studies classics, but it's studies yes. classics or follows traditions. Yeah. So like, I was mooshing the things together, but I was like, Drizzle, Drizzle's not really like a rich snob. Um, <laughs> hi, I have an MFA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like Gunn, Wes, and Cordy, while I understand Angel's like annoyance, I almost feel like sometimes they're being helpful, sometimes they're not, right? Like when they're just like saying, well, we can't figure it out. Well, that's not helpful. We don't know where that is. It's like, okay, but this isn't helpful just saying nothing is helpful right like mm-hmm. i like they i like i get angel's annoyance with them gun is the only one that is not be, like you know earlier when he's like isn't it earlier that he says to him like you had me at gear up or is that, yeah, that might be yeah. later that's later yeah. yeah when he's like maybe she didn't mean baby nursery but then as soon as he says that and it clicks for everyone they do all get into gear they and do. they do the research you know cordy's like oh look for someone who like look for a wolterman heart building or something right Right. And I do like when they have Gunn and Cordy be the ones to be like, how about this? Like thinking outside the box or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we see that the greenhouse is actually on top of a building, which yes. is just a really cool, even though it means nothing really, except making the fight scene have a lot more at stake. Um, yeah. It's just a cool, like little moment of revelation, I think. And it's like, it is a cool set piece to like, yes. It's already a cool set piece, but then putting it on top of a building makes it a cooler set piece. I well, feel like being on top of a building makes means they're closer to the stars too. So yeah. even yeah, yeah. closer than you would be on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Angel arrives at the greenhouse, and I love everything about this scene. Like, <laughs> everything. I even like the weird. I don't know if this makes sense, but when he goes to Darla's body and he like pulls back the dirt and the burial mm-hmm. cloth, I love the way that looks. It's like, gorgeous. It's right? gorgeous. So it's very like Fright Night. Yes, yes. And at first I thought they had like a mannequin or a body dog, but that is Julie Benz under there. Mm-hmm. She was under the dirt. <laughs> I yeah. was like, y'all didn't even put a nothing, no body double. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to hold my breath. That's why her veins are going. If you watch it, her veins are going. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's how I knew it wasn't because same game. I was like, that is her, right? And I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely her. <laughs> Baby, we needed to strike back. We needed a SAG strike back then. Y'all were burying <laughs> actors, okay? <laughs> we need to get paid more residuals for that kind of nonsense. That's crazy. Are you kidding? I feel like every Buffy actor I've had on has been like, well, we always went over on hours and would shoot sometimes like all night. <laughs> and it's like, oof, boy. Um, but yeah, I just love the way that looks of him pulling it back. And like, you, like she does look gorgeous. And I... Mm-hmm. That's so good. It's so like, like you said, Zach, Fright Night and like horror e to be like, oh, this dead body. Oh, wait, she looks gorgeous and like is buried. I don't know. I just. And it's, it's so different, different too, because we, we usually see when a vampire turns right, they're like underground. They're underground. Right. And we just see them like crawling out or, you know, something similar. Um, and this just, it's just an interesting new way to see it. And mm-hmm. you, you really grasp the concept that something is happening, you know, that she really is turning and you look at her face and you know, she's dead, but she's coming any moment. You almost expect her to open her eyes right then. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Angel's uh, hesitation is like so real and so important and mm-hmm. so brief. Yeah. And yes. you, know, you know that you, you know, as a person who watches television that, Drew's going to get him mm-hmm. and he's not going to kill her. You know, these things are happening, but you're still like, staker, staker. Could you imagine hesitate. if he staked her and staked her at the same time? Episode over. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. Right? Do you <laughs> have a question. Yes. So Drew comes in, obviously knocks him out with the shovel, etc. Has that amazing line. I saw you coming. Yeah. My love, my lovely, maybe my moon showed me. Mm. And then they, she says something about the 20th century. They told <laughs> yeah. me to come into the 20th century. And then Angel's like, it's the 21st century. And like, is that an inside joke? Is it just her like being loopy? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, then she says, hmm, I'm still lagging, but then hits yeah. him with the shovel. I almost feel like it's like, she's kind of saying nonsense. I don't know. I feel like her stuff always means something, though. Is um like twentieth century Fox? Like I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Like I just don't get this one. Boys, either of you have a. You're not meant to get it. Yeah. It could be a reference to uh, the bunker there. They end up in later is maybe from the twentieth century. If I'm mm. right, I have I have no idea. But yeah, I also really loved the phrasing of that. I also really love the way Drusilla wakes up, or sorry, Darla wakes up yes. during this fight. I yes. wrote down, it looks like the yesified Billy from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that straight up like, hold on. <laughs> that yeah, I it's, love. It's like the the fact that she, it's jarring for her too, right? Yeah. Like, like early. Yeah. Ugh, it's so good. And I and she does a good job of like, you, you can almost hear that her hearing is probably... Um, you know, her, her senses are just like going right. crazy at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, she probably is like her eyes are just zooming in on everything at the same time. And her hearing just, you know, she's hearing cars outside. It's probably all really jarring. And, um, and there's it, a fight going on, like literally. Yeah, right it's just, it's <laughs> yeah. a lot to process all at once. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like seeing Drusilla hold her own against, uh, Angel and then Darla wakes up and she I love that she like immediately chokes Angel and Drusilla's like, now everybody's home. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then Darla just like fights both of them at the yeah. same time, which I love. Love. And it's exactly what you said, Zach. It's like all her senses are like firing off, right? So she's like probably not fully thinking what's going on. She's just like feral because mm-hmm. she just came back, right? Mm-hmm. I will say the best one of the greatest like visual effects in the scene is, and and that i think 
illustrates Darla's strength after waking up again is when she's grabbing Angel and she jumps up and just smashes him through a skylight. Yeah, <laughs> it w- I was like, oh, okay, like she's awake. It was yeah. <laughs> wild. And it, illustrates, it does illustrate, like, oh, okay, she's got this like newborn super strength, like just like super powery thing happening that normal vampires don't have after a little while. Yeah, and it's funny to see Angel sort of take the fight very seriously, but Drusilla sort of treats her like a like an angry baby, like it's just like laughing while she attacks mm-hmm. her, which is such mm-hmm. an interesting like. I don't know. It's a really interesting juxtaposition. The the um, oops, uh oh, there we go. Undergrad word juxtaposition. I'm trying to eliminate it. Um, it rears its head every now and then. But I thought it was cool to see them treat Darla differently because for Drusilla, it really is. It's like an angry baby, uh, and yeah. she's not threatened at all, which is fascinating to watch. Yeah, right. Like she's not upset until that moment when she is upset, and then they reconcile. But other than that, Drusilla's kind of just like again having fun right she's just like ooh, the family's fighting we're we're all together again trying to kill each other like usual (laughs) (laughs) how beautiful um because also drusilla still has like this childlike whatever to her Mm -hmm. so i don't i like she doesn't see it as serious she's just happy that darla's back yeah and we get another moment of hesitation where angel absolutely could have staked darla and doesn't Right. Reaffirming the first one for us in case we missed it or thought we didn't see it. And it's only a split second, but it's it's terribly noticeable. And like that's almost a parallel to like how Buffy couldn't stake Angel when he was in jealous in season mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. until she like until she could, right? Like until after he killed Miss Calendar when she was like, Okay, now he needs to go. <laughs> and like I kinda I get it, right? And it's Again, it's how him and Drew, him and Darla can continue telling each other they never loved each other. But like, I think it's in the Darla episode where she asks Lindsay, like, do you know what me and Angel are now? And he's like, enemies? And she says, no, worse, we're soulmates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's very apparent here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do like the like two pauses we get. And then Darla, like you said, Gabe, showing her power. She just fucking jumps off the roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No big deal, right? Gorgeous <laughs> shot there, though. Yes. Oh, so cool, yeah. Yeah. So then we get, we go to Wolfram and Hart. Or no, then we go back to the hotel. Yeah. Angel's telling everyone. This is when yeah, Angel's telling everyone. Right. This right. is, so yeah. <laughs> telling everyone to gear up. And Cordy and Wes do ask way too many questions here because, like, I don't know, man. He doesn't know what he's doing either. Like, <laughs> uh, but, like, someone's got to be done because they're going to murder everyone in L.A. if they yeah. can. Yeah. I think it was it was less like that they were asking too many questions and more like that dialogue that we usually love from these characters is like getting in the way of Angel's purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, right. oh, you know, would you say inkling? Please tell me you could at least say inkling. It's like this isn't time for cute. Right. Mm-hmm. This is like <laughs> people are dying. You're right. I guess it is like that's a dialogue we normally like, but like right now is not the time for it. And that is why he gets annoyed at them, right? Mm-hmm. I get kind of annoyed with him too, because he's like, we're breaking to Wolfram Hart, which they've done so many times at this point. Mm-hmm. And right. Cordy's like, the vampire detectors, like all this stuff. And I was like, didn't you sneak in using glasses and a hairpin like a few episodes ago? <laughs> like, is this really going to be that hard? It's, they really do feel like an impediment. And so I find myself sort of siding with Angel. Being like, you don't understand, like, we got to get this done. Yeah, I think it helps, too, that Gun is on board, so it's not, like, three against one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? No, I agree with that. Yeah, I, you know, at this point, Angel's not quite ready to fire them, because he's like, anyone who wants to join me, my car's outside. If not, that's fine, too. Like, he's not saying, like, fuck you. He's saying, it's fine if you don't want to go, but I got to go. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when Gunn has the, like, you had me at Europe. We go back to Wolfram and Hart. Holland is talking to Lindsay. He's talking about his party, saying his wife wants to know how many crab cakes to order. And I kind of like this. Like, he tells Lindsay he needs healthy attachments outside of the office, which, like, coming from the, like, head evil boss says a lot, but even the head evil boss is like, you're doing too much. And it kind of shows us the difference, right? Like, Holland is the boss and in charge of whatever he's, he says he's in charge of whatever department. But like, even he's like, yeah, I have a wife. We're doing a party. Like I still Mm -hmm. have a life. You do not. And I guess that's like part of what's driving Lindsay to be so back and forth and unstable. Right. He keeps like becoming romantically entangled in his own brain with vampires, specifically (laughs) with Darla. And in this case, Drew is now in his office. So who knows? Right. I I think that even while while being obsessed with Angel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little more specific than just general healthy attachments. But I do like the way he puts it. It's more like stop fan stop your like vampire erotica fantasies like ASAP or it's gonna like get in the way of your job, dude. Right. Right. It feels less like looking out for Lindsay and more like that sort of corporate speak that's like, take time off. We want to be able to mark down on a paper that you took a mental health day. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like even the most like evil corporation is like, yeah, making crab cakes. And we just got to make sure it looks like you're, you're, you have a healthy life outside of work. Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't actually care. Just like make it look that right. way. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that, I mean, it's, it makes sense because of what happens later in the episode, but like, we get like top villain Holland in this episode and mm. I love it. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, I actually have a lot of notes about that for the end too. Yeah. Yeah. I've been calling him Mr. Manners after this episode. I just <laughs> love it. The fact that his name is Holland Manners. I'm like, I hope at least one writer was like, really? We want a Mr. and Mrs. Manners in this episode. <laughs> Fabulous. Love that. Sure. Great. Um, and then Drusilla, you know, I love that. She's there. They know she's there, but she's like literally standing in a shadow until he like mentions whatever that wine is. And she's like, I had it once. It tasted like lion's blood. Chateau Latour. She's holding a baby doll talking about Chateau Latour. She's in her natural element. I love her. And she's worried about grandma. You put it that way. It's like holding a baby doll, talking about wine, worried about grandma. Like. Having the time of her life, I'm telling you. <laughs> she is an older gay man. It's happening. It's like she's a queer-coded character. <laughs> it's me holding my action figure. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fireball, though, not Chateau. Um, right, right. Chateau Latour. <laughs> it's my little Fireball bottles. Um, <laughs> and then they get a call. There's a vampire in the building. And you think it's Angel, but it's not. Who is it, Gabe? It's Darla. When the whole crowd says it in unison. (laughs) Um, And she... Sniffs Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) He gets, gets, and he's real happy about that, too. He gets real shocked. Just discarded, thrown to the side like trash. I was like, there were like two moments in this episode where I was like, is Lindsay hot? And then I was like, no, no. She's Barbie and he's kidding. <laughs> that is a perfect, yes. And I feel like, I sometimes I think he's hot, Kim. Sometimes I Okay. Don't. Then my moments make sense more to me. Gabe, Zach, where do we land? I think he's hot, yeah. Gabe, um, he's giving like kind of generic earliest Sean Cody days for me. I honestly, right. I think Lila's hotter. <laughs> like it, it's truly, um, there are no hot men in this series. I'm going to go out and say it. Like maybe Gunn <sighs> has his moments and Wesley has a couple moments, but the women uh, in this series and the demons 
are <laughs> are definitely higher on the hot factor for me. All right, fair. I mean, Angel Angel does it for me sometimes. I feel like all we talked about for season one was how hot Angel was when he was walking around. Yeah. Off, so <laughs> not sure where you are, Gabe. Yeah, Gabe. I don't know. He's a little too hairless and mopey for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just a little too well manicured. Mopey. Yeah, I need more rough around the edges. Oh, my God. Who is the guy from the first season who was actually really creepy, but kind of cute? Who gave? Doyle? Yes. I think Doyle was written terribly. I hated the character. Okay. I thought the actor was kind of cute. All right. All right. So she grabs Drusilla and they leave. She throws That is Lindsay. so fun, by the way. Yes. When she like yeah. runs, when Drusilla's like holding out her arms mm-hmm. for grandmother to come pick her up and she grabs <laughs> her by the arm and takes off running. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. And then to know like where their scene is right after this is just so fucking funny. Mm. Yeah. It's so good. And like, again, Drusilla's having fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what is it then? The They're gang is wildly through the street. Right, they're driving wildly through the street. Cordy gets a vision. And I wanted to know what we all thought, because do we think it was the powers that be trying to get him away from Darla and Trisilla, or just happened she got a vision at that moment? I think she just happened to get a vision at that moment. And I think that the scene that entails is entirely pointless, and it's Hmm. pointless for a reason, because it shows us the divide between angels cares and his employees cares that ultimately leads to what happens at the end of the episode because in thinking back on it i was like why did they even go there Mm. but it makes sense because yeah we get this he he wants to keep going full speed ahead to wherever they're headed um and they're like no this vision it's important blah 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 so that's my take Hmm. All right. It does also feel like Wolfram and Hart is maybe trying to lure him there because they do capture him later this episode. Like that was sort of the goal. And so if we want to assign the powers that be an actual like narrative purpose, which sometimes they have and sometimes they don't. Right. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that could have been an intervention to avoid him getting captured, but like a vampire getting arrested is also not really high stakes. <laughs> like <laughs> right. he'll be fine. So <laughs> um Angel, this is when Angel, I do think, is just being an asshole. Like, yes, when when he's like, "Well, why didn't she have it earlier?" and it's like, "You know how this works, <laughs> like, sir." Like, <laughs> and I do like that Cordy threatening him with the stake is what gets him to like turn around. Like, she's like post vision headache, whatever, and then just grabs a stake and like points it at him, and he's like, "All right," mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because I feel like she's the one that can usually get pull him back a little bit, right? So it makes sense that she would be the one that gets him to be like, fine, I'll turn around. Then we get Darla and Drusilla fighting outside of the cafe mm. on the street in L.A. So funny. Yes. I know that she yanks Drew out of that seat. takes, And Drew's like having the time of her life still. She doesn't realize Darla's mad. Takes her onto the street. And Darla is whipping her ass around. And every time she like knocks her to the ground, Drew just like stays there and stays still. Yes. And then Darla will yank her back up and like throw her. like a fucking ragdoll yeah it's like such a weird fight because like it's just darla throwing her and just like how about displeased you yeah (laughs) like hit by cars or almost hit by cars (laughs) the full regina george hit where she goes rolling through the street i was like oh this is gonna be good this is gonna be good It's, it's so funny they just they play it so funny it's because she's literally just like grabbing her arm and throwing her by arm around yeah it's like if like if you grab a legit like ragdoll, just yank it around and hit it against walls and stuff. It's 
it's so brilliantly done. They're they're great together. Yeah. What is yeah. also great about this scene is as soon as that guy in the red pickup truck starts yes. talking, we all know what's going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like we we're going to let the scene play out. Like we don't even have to worry about him because we know we know. Yeah. What's gonna... But I... right before that, she has that moment where she has Drew up against the car and. She says, "Why did you do this?" Right, mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. I think that was so. And the, but then the switch is so quick too that yes. she's just she's been in that mindset forever that this is just it, it is what it is. This is, I guess, this is what I wanted earlier. So, yeah, sure, yeah i I liked the idea again. Going back to like, no, these vampires loved each other. That because of Drusilla's not lying, right? I do think mm-hmm. she did it because she thought this is what Darla would want, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And so I don't know. I just, I love, I love when it's like, I don't know. I feel like now I can't think of anything, but Zach, I feel like we've done like covered like horror movies where it's like the bad guy does care about this one person or this one, you know, I like when we get like a little bit of layers to our villains and like that Drusilla, once she is like, wait a minute, after being thrown around for five minutes, I'm like, wait a minute, are you upset? <laughs> like, are you mad at me? I think you might be mad at me. Um, and then she like cries because, and she says like, I thought this is what you wanted. And then Darla, like Julie Benz is so good. Mm-hmm. She has that turn, right? She mm-hmm. then gets motherly and is like, oh, wait a minute. This is like my child. And she like embraces her and they're they're hugging. And before they kill that guy, Tim, when they're like the switch of when he's like, hey, ladies, why don't you kiss? You can kiss your girlfriend in the hotel room or whatever. And they're both sad. And then they just slowly look up at him. And it's like, oh, they're going to fucking kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love that moment. This scene in particular, I love the moments where the sort of underworld of the supernatural clashes with the mundane of Los Angeles. Like those <laughs> moments that remind us where we are. Uh, and that there are people here and they're they're not used to seeing this is really, really fun. Um, Like the cafe people, but the guy in the car in particular is so funny to me because he's just honking and mad, which is like (laughs) 60% of living in LA, I feel like. Um, And then it's also so, I mean, like I could do like a whole queer reading of this scene in particular because when he gets out and interprets their intimacy as like, all right, here's just like a a couple queer women blocking the street in LA again. Like, oh God. Um, it's just so funny to me and that turn when they're like okay yeah we know what this guy's gonna get we've seen it coming since the beginning like Kimberly said uh, it's just so juicy and um, even the physicality between Darla and Drusilla in this scene like the way Drusilla sort of bops Darla on the nose at the end and they run off (laughs) holding hands like it's just so it's one of my favorite if not my favorite scene in this well no let me not speak too quickly because we're getting to some juicy shit but it's a really really great scene uh this episode it just has so many fun elements to it yeah i i love it and i love you know darla's back right this is now darla is like she beat up drew she embraced drew they killed a man tied them together and is like let's go shopping and poor um, Darla, though, because she really, you know, they just been yanking her around with her life. She's a human. Now she's not a human. Now she's a human again. Now she's not going to be a human. You know, she just doesn't get a damn break. So let her have a massacre or two, okay? <laughs> she deserves this massacre. She it's a treat. It's a treat. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what I, I, I keep saying this this season, but I definitely didn't appreciate Darla watching the series live. But, like, she's so good, and they mm-hmm. do – she has been through some fucking shit. So it kind of like, you know, especially the previous episode, she accepts, okay, I'm going to die. No big deal. 
this is it. This is who I am. And then is turned into a vampire. And I don't know. I just, she is a tragic character. And, you know, you get her whole backstory in Darla, which is also tragic. And like, right, Kim, I think we talked about it that in Darla, that episode where it's like, Mm -hmm. even though her backstory is mostly her being evil, you do, there is like a tragic, like nature to her story, right? Yeah, I mean, she was, well, born sort of out of, in the wrong time period for the type of woman that she right. wanted mm. to be, certainly. Right. Um. So becoming a becoming a vampire is sort of like a, a power thing that happens to her. Like she gains this actual power that she could only have in ways that were like not classy. I guess being a vampire is not really classy either, but like it's it's different. Like she has actual power. Uh, and I think like her work as a sex worker is some kind of power, but really, yeah. it's, you know, you're probably, especially back then, like often like some have to be like submissive to the people that you're sleeping with. So it's right. just a new, a new way to kind of really come into herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zach and Gabe, I'm curious how you both view Darla. Cause Gabe, you only, you've watched the series once through right before we started season one. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, how do you view Darla? I mean, honestly, if I got back, brought back from the dead and uh, had to suffer through like symptoms of syphilis, I would be very mad. Uh, (laughs) I would be very, very angry. Um, So that was an unfortunate turn. I think we get a lot more to chew on with Darla in this series, um, which I think is is a lot of fun. And I had mixed feelings the first time watching this through, seeing her as a human. I'm like, oh, she's not really getting to do the fun stuff she usually does. But I think it's such important runway to get to this point. Um, and it, it, you know, I think this transformation in the scene in particular is so interesting because she's almost at this like sort of angel phase where she's like woken up from being turned, but she's not like fully a blood hungry vampire yet. And there's like a little bit of that, like soul and humanity peeking through. And so I think it is really cool to sort of see Julie Benz play both of these sides of Darla, um, and like get that kind of emotional range. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I just feel like she's, there's no good end for her after being brought back it's like either option is frustrating it's like you're gonna die from a syphilitic heart or get turned into a vampire and it's she's been dealt a pretty crappy hand for sure (laughs) yeah um yeah zach how do you how would you think of darla um i'd agree with all that and i would say that she you know she she kind of she is the type of person that just rolls with the punches and so she is a vampire now she's she's accepting that pretty quickly she just you know it's that it's that really quick turn and she her only sort of like experience with a vampire trying to live a good life was angel and he lived a pretty like miserable looking life like it looked miserable the life that he led and why would she want that you know so her only other experience will you know i have the power humans are not very strong i can kill whoever i want i can live wherever i want i can do whatever i want um this is the life that i'm living right now right um so that's what I'm just going to go with. And I think, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, you, you can't just kill people. You just can't kill people. But if I were like a vampire, maybe I would say, you know, she's earned this. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I feel really bad for her, especially watching her in Angel. I think it just, you know, her life sucked, man. And her, her hundreds of years as a vampire, those are some pretty damn good years for her. Right. And it's like, she, God, now I'm like, am I Darla? Like, she just wants those, like, good years back, right? Like, she's just, like, struggling to find those good years. And, like, God, have I lived 100 years as a vampire? Um, And so you do feel a little bad for her. And just, 
I think Julie Benz is just so good. And like I talked about this in the Darla episode, and it's apparent here too. Mm-hmm. Like the difference in the way she talks to Drew, mm. the way she her voice can change whether she's being in control or doing her baby whisper, or yeah. like because with Drusilla, once she gets there, she does kind of talk to her as like not in a patronizing way, but as if she is her child, right? Like that's how she speaks with her. Mm. But like when she's, you know, talking to Holland, she's pretty straightforward, but like almost flirty because she's going to kill him because she's playing with her prey um, like a cat. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I really, I like that there's that, you know, you can see the difference. Like Spike and Drusilla can annoy her. People that she needs something from, she's going to be more like cutesy with and like people she's going to kill She's kind of just straightforward, like, this is what it is. I'm going to fucking kill you. I don't know. I just, I like seeing the different ways she interacts with people. Yeah, that's all really good. It's, it's, you know what else sucks is that she's, she's in purgatory basically right now, right? She had her full life as a human. She had her full life as a vampire. That was supposed to be it. That was her end. Right. And then you're brought back to live through the same exact things, same exact yeah. syphilis, same exact <laughs> same exact syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> like really, she it's not like she just caught it. She got brought back with the syphilis. Right. Terrible. <laughs> um and it just, you know, that sucks. It's just, okay, well, whatever life I have now coming back is going to end exactly like right. either life I lived, you know, I've already lived. I'm gonna meet the same exact end. Mm-hmm. So they go to the guy that they had the vision about. Angel's very like, get in and get out. They're like, we have to go easy, you know. He's about to crack, and Angel just throws this like stereo at the guy, takes his gun, throws it in the oil, and is like, the demon you're a sacrifice yourself to is not worth it, and le- basically leaves the gang there, right? Mm-hmm. And then, Kim, we cut to a clothing store where what's happening? <laughs> uh, Darla and Drew are shopping <laughs> i can feel your quotes <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, drew's phone rings and it's in her boobs which i love being a person who carries my phone in my boobs sometimes <laughs> um and so yeah they're having they're having a little bit of fun there, trying on some clothes terrorizing slash killing salespeople. Holland gives them a little call and asks them to incite a massacre yeah yeah i I lo- like. I almost wish we could have gotten more of this, like of mm-hmm. them just like having mm-hmm. fun murdering people. Mm-hmm. Because I love that Drew is like, "Can I have it?" to Darla, as if like they're not monsters just murdering and stealing. Like she's like, "Oh, am I allowed to take this?" And Darla's like, "Of course you are. You look great in it." And, like <laughs> talking about what brings out her eyes, and I do love when the phone rings, and uh, I feel like that's an iconic <laughs> Drew moment. She's like, "I'm ringing. I'm ringing all over." Yeah, yeah. And then Darla just pulls it out and she goes, oh yeah, forgot about that. And the way she moves her body and yes. the dress yeah. that she's wearing that's just hugging her body. And it's it's so perfect. She, like, Juliet Landau has the perfect look to play a vampire, right? Mm, yes. like, <laughs> like She was born to play a vampire. And yeah, so Holland wants them to incite a massacre. Uh, she gets off the phone with him. And this working retail, like, this is like... <laughs> This would happen when she's like, you're dying? Well, I need you to help me pick out shoes. Um, (laughs) Just last year when I worked at Barnes & Noble, the power went out. We had so many people complain to us. And it's like, what the fuck do you think I can? Like, a woman was like, you know the lights are off? (laughs) And like, yeah, no shit, the power went out. We had a person complain to corporate 
about her power being out because the cafe refused to serve her a sandwich, even though the power was on in some places in the building. <laughs> but the power was out in the cafe. So like, mm-hmm. so I'm just like, yeah, this one, I could see someone at Barnes and Noble have been like, you're bleeding out. Well, I just need to find this book real quick. <laughs> like, it's a blue cover. I think yeah. the name starts with C. <laughs> oh, you can't figure it out from that? Oh my God, fine. I'll leave <laughs> you to die. <laughs> Customer with a question here. Like, such a good. <laughs> uh, and then so we get Holland is basically like, oh, they're going to be doing this massacre. Angel won't be a problem. And then who comes crashing through the window, Zachary? Darla. (laughs) (laughs) It's Angel, of course. A mention of Angel. He's got to come crashing through. I do like his his line about, if you extend the hand, you're going to lose it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, had forgotten that he hadn't met Holland yet. Like, in my brain, of Mm -hmm. course they had met. But, yeah, we only see, we only really saw Holland, like, at Wolferman Hart. And I like, the thing I like about Holland, that actor does really well. Which, Kim, do you remember him from Lost? Mm Mm-hmm. Totally that's different dude. <laughs> I know. It's it's so funny because like in Lost, he's like this like sweet, nice old man. And here he's like this like evil corporate lawyer yeah. who defends demons. But I love the way they have Holland always go into like corporate lawyer speech. Mm-hmm. Like even during this, even when he's nervous, even at the end, he's like always thinking that way and he doesn't turn it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also to try to save his own life, right? Like that's what he's at the end trying to do. But here, I mean, he just comes off as, like, very competent and suave. And, like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you're a very competent villain. Yes. Yes. He's good at his job. And before they can really do anything, aside from him grip up Lindsay, (laughs) um, he gets arrested, right? They have already called the police. They're carrying many stakes. Yes. What is that about? Like, what? Like, I don't understand. It's like we caught you. We're calling the LAPD. I don't like. It's a vampire, my man. I don't understand what that flex was about. I don't understand why Angel walked out in cuffs. Like, it's just <laughs> preposterous. It's to bring Kate in. It's to give Kate yeah. her moment because she only comes with cop car. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's the only way we're going to be able to to loop her into this storyline. <laughs> This is like one of the few times where she doesn't annoy me. Mm-hmm. I like that she's like, I know it's I can't doing stop. the bare minimum. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I feel like end of season one, she would have been like, nope, this is Angel's fault. We're putting him in jail while Darla and Drusilla are murdering everyone in LA. Um, so I like that she like, I mean, it is bare minimum, Zach, but finally is like at least trusting him. Right. And like, he's like, pull over, lets him out. And I like that they don't say anything. He doesn't say thank you. She doesn't. She's just like, I know that you can stop them and I can't. Mm -hmm. They don't need to like, you know, exchange pleasantries. It's just, this is what it is. So here I'm letting you go. But you're right, Gabe. It is ridiculous because he could have broken out of any of that. Mm. Like (laughs) at any moment he could have been like, all right, I'm jumping out. I mean, he does say that. Like, when do you want me to break out? When you go to put me in jail or. So then me cut to uh, Holland Manor's house. He's having a party in his bunker slash wine cellar. Um, his wife is letting in guests. It's ugly ass house, by the way. Right? <laughs> Rich people have such tacky taste. I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the sound of Manners Mansion, though. Oh my god! That stop, is- Mrs. Manners with the crab cakes. Go <laughs> <laughs> um, So then we we the parties like we see Lindsay, and this is almost a moment where I wish. 
we had more Wolfram and Hart lawyers to kill. Like, I wish there were more <laughs> like names to faces rather than just like, Oh, it could have been lawyers. like a crazy party scene. Had they right? like, introduced more baddies that we thought were going to be more useful later on. Right. It would have been, it would have been pretty wild. Uh, it was still really good. And I love Lindsay walk again and immediately downing a single glass of wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like, I, I I love Lindsay just like not giving a shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's like shark kill me, whatever. Like he mm-hmm. just does not care. But so our our girls walk in, and Darla says, "Did someone say something about something about?" And then they morph into their vamp faces, a massacre, which is mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> and I love that Holland immediately goes into like, you know, we were so glad to see you. Oh, blah 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 blah. Even though his he knows his wife is dead upstairs because mm-hmm. Drusilla has said like, what does she say? She tasted like cinnamon or something like that. Like clover and clover. Then right. licks her lips. It's so uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> And Holland is still like, we're going to help you. We're going to work to help you guys. Blah, 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 blah. And I like, I love Drusilla going up to Lila saying, you have beautiful skin. And she's like, I moisturize. And she says, that was very thoughtful of you. (laughs) So good. And I, I do like seeing Lila. I just like seeing bad guys reacting to bad guys. Like, Mm. it's like, oh, these people will, these people are worse than us because they will just murder us. I don't know. I like that. It's like, they know they have no power in this situation. You know, during this, we see Angel. He goes to the the dress shop where there's a survivor who tells him about, oh, the girls were going to a party. Mm -hmm. Tasting. Tasting, right. And God, everything Darla and Drusilla do in this like whole ending is so good. Right, Kim? It's perfect. (laughs) 10 out of 10. No complaints. This is girl dinner. Yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> um, and I love that as soon as Angel walks in, he's not there yet. He just walked in like upstairs. Drusilla's like, Daddy's home. Like she mm-hmm. knows. I like that when Darla's like going up to Lindsay and she's like, I smell fear, but from you, I'm getting nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will say I really liked the way the scenes of Angel at the crime scene and the tasting were sort of cut. Yeah. Because like I think there's a version where you could have played the whole wine tasting scene like just straight without cutting to anything else. But it builds the tension so, so well. Like they when you pick up at the scene, there's no attack. It's just like this dialogue combined with the sort of stillness and like the aftermath of their like last bloodbath at the store. Uh, and so I just, I really love the editing here. Cause I think it does such a good job of like, every time we come back to the wine tasting, I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, is it happening? Right. And then also mm-hmm. I'm wondering how much time elapsed between the bloodbath at the store and the wine tasting, because Darla's hair is crimped when she comes to the wine tasting, <laughs> implying <laughs> that right. they took a while to like style her hair. And I just <laughs> want to know how quickly they did that, where they did it. Like there needed to be one more stop on the Darla and Drusilla tour. And I wanted <laughs> to see them crimp her hair. My hair doesn't crimp, so I can't help. My hair just falls out immediately. So I have no idea how long. They did it with Drusilla's takes. fingernails. Yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> on the way up. <laughs> and I like the crimped hair makes her look like Darla. It's, it's, it's Darla. She's back, baby. Yeah, it like somehow makes her look more unhinged because mm-hmm. it's just like her hair is bigger. She, you know, she's there to kill everybody. Um, Angel comes downstairs, and you know, Drusilla has so many good lines. Like, 
she's like, we have to put in a people seller. Right. Oh my God. And grandmom won't eat the double speak. That yes. delivery, the air quotes. Oh my God. So <laughs> many. The people seller one is one of my favorites too, Kimberly. I thought that was great. And when she's like, it's, it's not daddy. It's never daddy. Yeah. Like, yeah. All of the daddies are very good. <laughs> <laughs> and when Lila like pleads, like, he's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't save you. And he means Darla, and he's not there to save any of the lawyers. And Lila says, for God's sake, help us. Yeah. You know, people are going to die. And he says, I can't seem to care. Yeah. Which is a line Holland said earlier. We have yes. a little, little callback there. Ugh. And like, it's what she says, it's the angel beast. And Darla's like, you come to punish us? And she says, oh, spank yeah. us till Tuesday. <laughs> All that like sexual tension that they create like in those moments i guess it's just the kind of there anyway but that they actually like yeah. talk about is just amazing they get like real horned up once angel arrives you promise to be bad if you do <laughs> right like <laughs> and i kind of love it well, it's like they're there to do murder but now they're like oh wait a minute because <laughs> yeah, like we'll do that instead if you're down um, <laughs> yeah this is another reason uh drusilla truly is uh, a favored gay character the daddy the spank me line the wine the doll the grandma of it all it's just it's sublime she's giving us a great queer narrative it's beautiful <laughs> and when he shuts that door and she like whispers daddy mm -hmm. it's so good <laughs> right like she's happy because she feels like oh he is kind of back mm -hmm. he's letting us do like do the thing we want to do that he was gonna stop us from and i don't know it's just so good and this is such a turning point for angel too mm -hmm. right yeah like with the juxtaposition uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> word again between the aftermath of the massacre at the store Mm. And then this scene here and that quiet sort of sadness that's really developing in anger mm. in Angel. Yeah. I think towards the the scene with Cordy's flashback, or not the flashback, the, the vision, right? So he's like, I could have stopped this. And he doesn't have to say it. And you don't even know that that's what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. But when you take those scenes together... And the way he's gathering his evidence slowly and think about, you know, the time that has to have elapsed. I think that his turn at the end, the, that is a surprise, at least if you think back on the episode and all of the time that is wasted by those other characters, you know, it, it almost makes sense, even if we don't like it. Mm -hmm. hmm. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I agree with everything you just said, but I... These people, this group of people in this room, were trying to incite massacres anyway. He probably saved a couple dozen people just by taking these ones out. So, yeah. So it's interesting. He's mourning this other, like the 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 you the the deaths he couldn't save, and then like causing the other massacre at the same time. Like he's, it's just such a complicated space for him to be in. I just don't know if he is mourning it or if he's feeling like he should mourn it well mourning or, the shopkeepers i would say but not uh, yeah, the them them yeah sure yeah okay okay yeah that's what i'm that's what i think he has regret about not being able to stop mm -hmm. and that adds to his anger not just towards uh his crew that he fires but also then towards like the lawyer group mm -hmm. and i think you're right it is complicated 
And I think what what I sort of brush up against weirdly at the end of this episode is that it's like when Angel makes a choice to shut the door, Drusilla's like daddy, implying that he's embracing a darkness in him. Mm. And it's interesting that like, I think this was an era of TV where the like turn the other cheek hero was sort of the the moral uh, compass, right? It's like, okay, like, you you can't kill like you can let other people kill and not stand in their way. And it's still the more moral thing to do than than killing that person or or like fighting back. And I think uh, maybe it's just me older now watching it. But I'm like, yeah, let those vampires like dine on those lawyers. Like, absolutely. <laughs> like it's and it's so funny because they're like it, even when he goes back to the hotel afterward, and they're like, how could you do that? How could you do that? I'm like, it's maybe not the most like morally pure choice to make but the stakes feel so life or death and these people have like wrought so much like evil in the city i i like don't really think that like that was the evil choice it's a morally complicated one but Mm -hmm. i don't think it's as clear-cut as angel be it's dark angel back like he doesn't give a fuck Mm -hmm. um yeah 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 i but plot wise right like it's like right the the angel prior to this would have never Yeah, I I mean, I this I think this was like I watched this Angel arc live because I remember being like, holy shit, what? Um, when I watched this, but now it's like, I kind of agree with you, Gabe. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> like, fuck the crab cakes. I'm over it. We're done. <laughs> Maybe grab some on the way out if you want. <laughs> exactly. like, hey, they're in the hands of the woman who's dead upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. I, guess she, I feel like she's the only innocent one. He couldn't save her. But then like all these other people are just as bad as like the probably many vampires that he's slayed before. And yeah. I I do think that it's maybe more difficult for Cordy and Gunn and Wesley. They're they're being humanist in this moment. I'm totally mm. on Angel's side here. Like mm. they're just like those human lives are more important. It's like, no, like they're evil people. They just aren't demons. Like you've killed so many demons and vampires and nobody's complained about it, but they can't get over the fact that they're human. Right. Yeah. I just think he he easily knows I can get over this. This may be a thing that I think about for a moment, but in the grander scheme, I will get over this. This will be fun. Yeah. I, I don't think they're like, I agree, I agree with you, Kim. I don't think they're able to think in that way. Like they, I don't think they could picture themselves doing that. Yeah. And I do think there's something to be said about that. I mean, not to get too into the nitty gritty of this argument, but it's like, when vampires are killing people, there's uh, at least you can be like, oh, well, there's like an innate bloodlust to their condition. Like, you know what I mean? It's like there's this kind of animal. These humans don't have that. They're just like choosing to there's like a there's more of a choice in in being this bad. Um, there's there's nothing innate in them that's like driving them to like drink blood to survive or kill people to survive besides like I, capitalism and corruption. I don't know. Like it's um, so, yeah, I, I, I would even like feel a little bad for the vampires uh, more so than I would for, for these characters. I'm, I'm glad Lila's, you know, not dead after this. Cause that's a character I really enjoy seeing in the future, but otherwise the, the lawyers can go for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so angel fully locks, I guess the thing that's like a little like, eh, is like he fully locks that door to make sure they all die. Like he doesn't like, He's and not that's like fun. passive. That's He's fun. more like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are right, Zach. It's like, okay, yeah. Get the deed done. He goes back and he tells the gang. The gang is upset with him. And he says he'll stop them eventually. And Cordelia gets like, you know, she's like, what? After he's killed everyone who's wronged you? They tell him he went too far. And uh, the episode ends on him doing what, Zach? 
you're fired. Everyone is <laughs> fired. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that Ian, if if this were happening in real time and we got to see Twitter react to this, like as though they knew what was going on at Angel Investigations, you and I would say that the gang is having not having enough nuance in this situation. Mm. Yes. But also Angel's reaction to them, he suddenly doesn't have any nuance either. Right. So this yeah. is a complicated thing happening and like no one is reacting or like talking about it with like the proper amount of nuance except us. Except they us. just need to talk about it. That's that's all that's what it was solved. But like the thing is, I don't even think they're thinking of it in terms of like, oh well, you you know, that's the wrong thing to do. They're always on edge that he's going to walk in the door and be jealous. Like that yeah. comes up quite a bit. So yeah. I do fully understand where their hesitation is here, but like have a quick conversation, five minutes, right? <laughs> right. Just something. Right. I, you're, that's a good point, Zach, because Cordelia does bring that up a lot. And she did, I mean, she didn't, you know, suffer a lot from it, but she did live through Angelus in season two. So she mm. knows, you know, we didn't see her crying, but like her teacher did get murdered too. So she knows how bad it can get, right? She and had so, to safety proof her car. Okay, right. <laughs> that was traumatic. <laughs> and he has been sort of getting more dark in- yeah ways that are specific so i mean the one of the only important things that happens in the shroud of ramon is that he drinks the human blood you know so like they see these sort of it's like you know 12 steps down Mm. instead of in in a positive direction like now now he's letting vampires kill people he drank the blood before he's violating osha whatever Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's it's just like it's weird that this episode has like two kicker endings right it's like him leaving and fully locking that door and then him firing everyone i don't but i do like this arc of him firing them like i don't i remember getting a little bored of it watching it live because i was like kind of watching this season a little bit live but i think it makes for like a different story and not something you would expect right Mm -hmm. yeah uh so i guess we're at the end here uh favorite scene kim I'm going to go with the the little scene at the end with Darla and Drew and the lawyers and specifically as soon as Drew senses Angel coming upstairs through like when he locks the door because it's a big uh, long scene and I like the whole thing but specifically yeah. those moments. Uh, Gabe? Um, I would say I think maybe my favorite acting uh, was in the scene outside from the cafe to them eating the man in the truck. Uh, just really great, like build to that scene. Um, but I think my favorite like fight effect happened in the uh, plant nursery when Angel gets shoved through the skylight by Darla. That's fair. Um, Zach, we were when we recorded yesterday. Remember, I was like, "What's that called? A garden place? A nursery? That's what it's called." <laughs> the greenhouse is fine. Uh, yes, I said greenhouse, and he he dismissed me. He said no, because it wasn't that. a greenhouse. It's like a place that like sells and grows. That's a damn flowers. greenhouse. <laughs> Zach, your favorite scene? <laughs> when she's yanking Drusilla around the streets. It's it's too funny. It's too much. It's too hilarious. I give me a full episode where like Darla and Drusilla are trapped in whatever happened to baby Jane. Like this is their <laughs> dynamic and I love it. <laughs> um, my I have two favorite scenes. It's the tie. I love that greenhouse scene. And I love, again, what Kim said. That party scene is just so good. Um I love whenever they portray these like powerful villains as like cats batting around like a little mouse. And that's mm-hmm. like what's going on here. Um, it happens a lot with glory in season five where like the slayer is just annoying to her. Right. Mm. Like she knows she could kill her. 
and that's what this is. Like all these people, you know, they're going to kill them and they can very easily kill them. I will say I don't love, I'm glad Lindsay and Lila survived because the characters are good, but I, I feel like realistically it doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> Darla does kind of give a reason next episode, but like, ah, I do feel like they would have just killed all of them hmm. and not really cared. But yeah, those are my two favorite scenes. Uh, favorite outfit, Kim? I'm going to go with, so I have a complicated answer, Darla's look at the end Okay. in the, the wine cellar scene, specifically because throughout this entire episode, Drew's wearing red. She got the red dress on and she switches to the, her red with the, um, the leopard at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Darla's in white, right? And so when they do get changed and do the hair crimp and everything, which also looks amazing, she's got these gold pants on and this sort of sheer long sleeved black shirt with like, I guess like a tank top black shirt underneath and her hair looks amazing. And it's this switch from this like white sort of rebirth, like human to like, okay, now I'm a vampire again, sort of look. And I think that that works really well. I do need to give a special mention honorable mention to drew's nail polish which is like red with the white tips like a french manicure but with uh the tips white and then the the nail part red which was amazing as well <laughs> i think i think that's the same manicure she has when she kills kendra yeah I, I don't think it's like the first time we've ever seen those nails on drew for certain but it's still perfect <laughs> Gabe? Um, I've got to say the hats at the store. It's just <laughs> they're so unhinged, and it's so much fun to watch them uh, do that. Uh, so, yeah, I think I, I was going to spite Zach and say um, Cordelia with her haircut at the beginning, but I'm going to I'm gonna stick <laughs> to Not the Not even you can pick the haircut, though, so you clearly didn't. <laughs> the hats really just outshone the hair. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Zach, uh, uh, Drusilla's red dress. I I just like I like when her hair's down. I like the dress and and showing off her figure so that when she like you know moves her hips and like wiggles around a little bit, it it really just adds to the dialogue that she's that she has. Yeah. Right. Um, and in Buffy, they have her like you know they they have a lot of clothes piled on her at all times, like big fur coats and stuff. And I just I think this looks it's perfect for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. Mine is Drusilla's other outfit. I love her in the all red with the coat with the, <laughs> the leopard print fur on it. <laughs> love that. Um, what grade do we give this episode, Zach? Uh, I'll do like a, an A minus. I thought you were going to say a C. I was like, <gasps> no, an a-. I would have rioted. I was going to toss my laptop out the window and ruin the episode if I had it, it was Cordy's hair. It's a C for Cordy's hair. <laughs> Don't you dare. Gabe, what grade do you give it? Um, I honestly, I want to say a plus because of the Drusilla of it all. Mm. I, I mean, maybe I need to think about this season more in context, but I, we just got great acting, really fun dialogue, incredible fight scenes. Like this episode hit all the things that I think are good about angel and that when they lean into make episodes stronger. So let's say, uh, you know, I'm feeling gay and generous. Let's give it an A plus. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Uh, Professor Kimberly Ann, what do you, what grade do you give it? All right. I'm going to give it an A and I have to justify my reason for not giving it an A plus. And it is because as a college professor in most universities I've taught at, there is no A plus option. <gasps> your a is in it could be a regular a or it could be an a plus um at my school i have now we don't even have pluses or minuses at all which is just wild huh. um all right but yeah i don't give a pluses because i don't give a pluses i just give a's and it could be an a or it could be an a plus so a all right all right i give i give it an a this is 
I think one of the best episodes of Angel, honestly. The this is almost feels like the fastest moving plot in mm. a single episode we've ever gotten. Like mm-hmm. with the most like action-y and things actually going on and it not being all just through just Angel and one-off characters for that episode. It's like these are characters we know and we care about, you know, and I I just it's so good. It's such a bummer that it ends so quickly because this really could have been not that they needed to be the big, big bads, but like I would have liked them as reoccurring villains the way yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like I think that would have worked really well. Um, all right. Well, if you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can follow us on social media at SlayerFestX98. You can follow my me on my personal at IanXCarlos. On all social media platforms, Kim, where can everyone find you and buy your book? I am on Twitter at Kim and Joe South, and you can go to my website, KimberlyAnnSouthwick.com for more. I had someone tell me that your promo for your book worked, and that's why they bought it. It made Aww. me very happy. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gabe, where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me online. My website is gaybiz.gay. It's a, a real URL, and you'll type it, and you'll get to a website that is not porn, but my website. Um, <laughs> and then um, you can also find me on Twitter Instagram using the handle gaybones, G-A-Y-B-O-N-E-Z. And if you are in New York and you'd like to come see me, I have a monthly show at a bar called Come On, Everybody. The show is called The Lavender Scare. It's a fun comedy show with an all-queer lineup and some games uh, surrounding queer and trans history. And Zachary, where can everyone find you and your other shows that you do? Well, I only have one other show that I'm currently working on right now, and that is My Bloody Judy with Ian Carlos Crawford here. And uh, we we just recorded a couple episodes yesterday, and those will start going out this week. I don't know what week this is going out, but you know <laughs> it should be going by the time you listen to this. So yeah. My Bloody Judy. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.